Hello, and welcome to You Had Me at Martini. I'm Susan, and I am joined by my co-host, Melissa. Hello, listeners. And uh, before we get going on today's topic, I wanted to do a shout out to actually Melissa and her family, because my daughter, Lindsay, moved to Chicago two weeks ago yesterday. And not only did they have her boyfriend's parents helping them, but Melissa and her husband went down, helped move them in, and then her son and his yeah. girlfriend came, and they all had lunch. And that was, you know, moving to a new city is hard enough. And my husband and I, and Melissa and Tom, like, we just had to, like, move our shit. No one helped us. So to yeah. have them go down, and I think she bought them booze and cookies, right? Well, I made the cookies. Yeah, but then you cookies. brought... I brought booze. I mean, to super have nice. Like, yeah. welcome to Chicago. Like, I just want to say thank you because that, that, I know it, it meant was, a lot to Lindsay and it meant a lot to me. Thank you, Susan. It, it was my pleasure. It's so fun to do that when new people come, especially like your best friends, like kids. Like, what a cool thing. I get a bonus out of it too now. So, and you do too. Oh, I'm you get super to come visit. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be there Thursday. Yeah. Um, and on a completely different note, I just want to do a little public service announcement and say people... Okay watch the news, start paying attention. In Florida, DeSantis has changed the black history and now he's, it's, it's stating that these slaves actually benefited because they learned skills. So Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to know that there's a lot of shit going on that like, if you're not paying attention, we are going to not be in a free society. So that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, that's a good, that's very good, Susan. There is a lot going on every day that we don't pay attention to because it doesn't a impact our little bubble of world that we live in b it it could impact our state we live in potentially right but that's not as impactful but it's the little things throughout the united states that are happening we've talked about this before that are going to all add up yeah the book the book banning the rewriting of history the i read it i read something this morning i think it was in illinois that two people went, no, no, I take it back, San Diego. Two people went into a library there and checked out all the pride books. Yes. So that no one would be able to read them. And then thank God, a bunch of people then were like, oh, hell no, and donated a bunch of books. But again, like my God. Yeah. yeah. And so, so pay attention because it matters. All these people who fought so hard to be treated equal and have been marginalized are being marginalized all over again. And it's just, it's not right. Yeah, the LGBT world is going to start changing too. That's going to be, I think that's going to be the one of the next things, right? I mean, the affirmative action thing. I mean, there's just little things and there are two points of view on all of it. Of course. For sure. It's just going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be impactful in bigger ways if you don't pay attention. Like we we were kids. Now that brings us on to our topic of the day, right? Yes. So actually, uh, Melissa and I were talking the other day about these heat waves. And we were like, oh, it's so hot. It's so muggy. And then we started talking about climate change. And so we decided that we would talk about climate change. And basically, I'm going to go over an article, 20-page article. So put on your seatbelt, strap in. Uh, The Science of Climate Change Explained, Facts, Evidence, and Proof. Uh, This is a New York Times article by Julia Rosen. Um, It was originally published in April of 2021. It's since been updated. Um, So I do know that some of the people I've talked to who are not, you know, for a lot of changes to address this are, are talk about the financials aspect. And, you know, obviously anything we do is going to come out of our tax dollars, but 
it's kind of like money versus future generations health and the planet. So, you know, do you want to leave the money in your will or do you want to leave them a healthy planet and, you know, chance to raise healthy children? Yeah. It's interesting to me, you know, the more you pay attention to it and really everything that is impacting, not all, but most impacts impacts to the climate Mm -hmm. are um, humans, right? Mm -hmm. Human human developments, human. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And the thought that we can just do whatever we want. It's kind of like, well, I can just throw garbage uh, on the street and I can just throw garbage, you know, the landfills are going to fill up. Right. I mean, it, it's the the planet is finite. Yes. Things is finite. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right. So it's, it's interesting to me, you know, just how deep all of this runs with the pollution of our oceans, right? We can go on and on and have well, many. Well, I am. I've got a 20 page article. Yeah, okay. So let's get right. started. The first topic, yeah. and they, they, this article had all these bullet points. So the first one is, how do we know climate change is really happening? And it says, climate change is often cast as a prediction made by complicated computer models. But that's only one part of it. And they say, but for what it's worth, they are surprisingly accurate. Greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide cause warming. These gases make up just a small fraction of the atmosphere, but exert outsized control on the Earth's climate by trapping some of the planet's heat before it escapes. The greenhouse effect is important. It's why the planet so far from the sun actually has liquid water and life. Yeah. However, during the Industrial Revolution, people started burning coal, other fossil fuels to power factories, steam engines, etc., and that added more greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. And ever since, human activities have been heating the planet. It's not like we did that and went, oh, this isn't good, and we stopped. We just kept layering it on. Well, because those were things that were beneficial to us. Yeah, right? I mean, we, and we didn't know. Like oil, you know. Coal. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we know it's true process. because there's an overwhelming body of evidence that begins with temperature measurements taken at weather stations and on ships starting in the mid-1800s. Later, scientific scientists began tracking surface temperatures with satellites and looking for clues about climate change in geological records. And this data all tells the same story. The earth is getting hotter. The average global temperatures increased. They've been talking about this a lot lately, 2.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.2 degrees Celsius since 1880 with the greatest changes happening in the late 20th century. Land areas have warmed more than sea surfaces and Arctic has warmed the most by more than four degrees Fahrenheit since just 1960s. Temperature extremes have also shifted, and the United States daily record highs, which we keep hearing about just now, these last couple of weeks, yeah. outnumber the record lows two to one. So it's unprecedented. And um, a famous illustration that was published in the 1998 was called the hockey stick graph, and it showed how temperatures remained fairly flat for centuries and then turned sharply upwards. And this isn't just based on like what people say, oh, it's only been since the 1800s. They based it on data from tree rings, ice cores, and other natural indicators. And the basic picture with has withstood decades of scrutiny from climate scientists and contrarians shows that the earth is hotter today than it has been in at least a thousand years and probably even longer. So it's not just the 1800s because we all know these tree rings and stuff. Those are real. Like, you know, they're able to go and find the stuff that goes back in time and really, you know, proves their point. And it said that surface temperatures may actually mask the true scale of the climate change because the ocean has absorbed 90% of the heat trapped by greenhouse gases. 
So we also know it's happening because we see the effects everywhere. Ice sheets and glaciers are shrinking while sea levels are rising. Arctic sea ice is disappearing. Spring snow is melting sooner. Plants are flowering earlier. Animals, <clears throat> animals are moving to higher elevations to find latitudes that have cooler conditions. Droughts, floods, wildfires have all gotten more extreme, which we've all seen. I mean, we've you know, if you watch the news, wildfires in Canada recently that were sending all of that smoke down into you know the states. Like that's not imaginary. No, it's not. <clears throat> and the sea levels rising. You know, yeah, that's not imaginary either. That's the, no, they're not. And today, that's not going to mean much to some people. But you know, for those people that live on these coasts, oh yeah. Someday they're not going to be there anymore, right? Yeah. They're not. They're going to be taken over by the water. So again, it isn't just something that you just can kind of like not pay attention to. Well, you can, but, right. it, right. but you can't deny that these things are happening. No, you can't deny. You know, because unlike, you know, quote unquote, fake news, this is stuff that you can go to and see, you know, images and data that, that can't, you know, that isn't fake. Like you can see a picture of like a coastline, a hundred years ago in that same coastline now and how vastly different it is. Well, there's people that study that just specifically. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying for people yeah. who, who would try to deny, I'm saying there is physical proof that yeah. can't be denied. Yes. Okay. Next bullet point. How much agreement is there among scientists about climate change? Oh, yeah. It says, yeah, it says when it comes to climate change, there's virtually no debate. 90% of scientists who study Earth's climate agree that the planet is warming and that humans are primar the primary cause. Most major scientific bodies from NASA to World Meteorological Organization endorse this view. That's an astounding level of consensus given the contrarian competitive nature of the scientific enterprise where questions like who, what killed the dinosaurs are still bitterly contested. Scientific agreement about climate change started to emerge in the late 1980s. By 91, two thirds of the earth and atmospheric scientists surveyed for an earth early cons consensus studies said they accepted the idea of anthropogenic global warming. And by 1995, the Intergovernmental Planet on Climate Change, a very conservative body of a body that's known to be like that. Um, and they take stock periodically and scientific knowledge concluded, quote, the balance of evidence suggests that there is a discernible human influence on the global climate. Today, more than 97% publishing climate scientists agree on the existence and cause of climate change, as does nearly 60% of the general population in the United States. Now, what was so that? Then the question is, why do we still have this debate? And they said a lot of it comes from coordinated messaging campaigns by companies and politicians that oppose climate change. What was the percentage? Because I read somewhere that it's about 75 to 80% of Americans. Well, this was written back in uh, 2021. It was 60%. Okay. okay. So okay. I think um, people agree it, it, those percentages are over 50. So people do agree. Well, and 90% of the scientists, and it goes on to yeah. say to bolster the falsehood of lingering doubt. Some people have pointed to things like global warming petition project, which urged the United States government to direct reject the Kyoto protocol in 97 an early international climate agreement. The petition proclaimed that climate change wasn't happening. And even if it were, it wouldn't be bad for humanity. Since 1998, more than 30,000 people with science degrees have signed it. However, nearly 90% of them studied something other than Earth, atmospheric, or environmental science. With the signatories included, with these signatories included, only 39 of them were actually climatologists. Most were engineers, doctors, and others whose training had little to do with the climate. Well, but okay, so that to me is an interesting because that 
all of those things are trickle down theory of the climate, right? So mm. why those people are, are considered not part of it, or they are, but why they want to say they're not climatologists is kind of, it doesn't make any sense to me because those people are going to be affected, whatever the other ones are that you said, right? There, mm. There's going to be there's going to be crop problems, right? So those people study the dirt and they study growing of crops and they study. Well, no, I think they were saying these were people who didn't study anything remotely oh, like this. And they, so but, so, saying, but they would, but then people would say, oh, 30,000 scientists sign in. Their point is, yeah, but most of them didn't study anything about it. So they aren't really, it, it's not a good representation. Oh, I see. So that's, yeah. that. but really yeah. what they're saying is these people are, not climatologists, but they are involved in the other, like the tri- like I said, the trickle. No, these are they were mostly um, yeah. engineers and doctors whose yeah. training had little to do with the physics of climate, the climate Perfect. system. Yeah, because yeah. shit, that, that's that's. But gonna- people would look at that, the layman, and go, "Oh, so all these scientists signed it," not understanding that that doesn't mean anything if the scientist doesn't study what they signed. Well, they're going to care when there's drought. They're going of course. to care when there's uh, diseases are, you know, viruses are growing because there's so much heat in the world. And so there's no way to control mm-hmm. it. They're going to control and all those things, which right. are, happen, happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, a well-known researcher still remains opposed named Willie Soon. He's affiliated with the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, but he has ties to the fossil fuel industry. Um, Others do not, but their assertions have not held up under the weight of evidence. And at least one prominent skeptic, Richard Mueller, uh, who was a physicist, changed his mind after reassessing historical temperature data as a part of the Berkeley Earth Project. And he said, call me a converted skeptic. Mm -hmm. Mr. Luntz, um, who is a big politician who had been, you know, anti, has now reversed his position, um, well, not a politician, but like a behind the scenes. He's reversed his position on climate change and he now advises politicians on how to motivate climate action. A final note on the uncertainty. Denialists often use it as evidence that climate science isn't settled. However, in science, uncertainty doesn't imply a lack of knowledge. Rather, it's a measure of how well something is known. In the case of climate change, scientists have found a range of possible future changes in temperature, precipitation, and other important variables, which will depend largely on how quickly we reduce emissions. But uncertainty does not undermine their confidence that the climate change is real and that people are causing it. Okay, so I'm going to divert here to a story okay. recently, which is, it, again, it goes, it, there's no good time to talk about it, but it does kind of go into the naysayer view. I read this article. I thought it was very interesting. We talked about this a little before we started taping. There was a um, weatherman in Iowa. This was just recent. He was 38 years old, and he was hired two years ago by a CBS affiliate in Des Moines. Okay, Des Moines. We're not talking bumfuckville. We're talking about Des Moines, which, you know, to some people. Anyway, he started um, covering, he was the weatherman, and he was referencing a, a flood event um, that they were having in, you know, somewhere in their area or somewhere around that. Um, and he was talking about how the atmosphere holds in the moisture, that this is a, from a warming event. And he started referencing that this is something that's happening in the upward motion of what's, you know, global temperature during heat waves and what's happening in the world. And he started getting death threats, oh, God. Personally, personally, death threats. And they were saying, uh, stick to the weather. Um, you know, like they started calling him very offensive words. They started saying, you know, I'm going to kill you. They literally were pissed that he was talking about climate change as the weatherman. 
the weatherman. I mean, who, who if, if not the weatherman, <laughs> uh, I mean, he, you know, he's a meteorologist. He was then, sec- they gave him security detail. Can you imagine? A for the weatherman. For a weatherman in Des Moines. That's how bad the threats were. And he just thought he was going to stay there. And then he finally had to leave. He had to leave because he was just, he couldn't stand being there. He had a wife. He was young. I mean, 38 years old. Sure family. Yeah. I, I mean, what is the explanation there? Yeah. The people there, they're denying it? I, I don't understand. But also, I mean, this goes to like just everything in society right now. Even if you don't agree with something, so like threaten to kill someone? I know. It's like, what, what is wrong with us? I know. It's the you weapon. Know? I mean, you can write a persnickety letter or something, but dear God, like... And- and you think the weatherman's just hired to read what they're telling him to read? Clearly, the guy's got some knowledge about weather and climate. Usually, they're meteorologists. They have yeah. a background. Yeah, something, right? So yeah. I thought that was really a sign of the times. It's, it's, uh, it's disturbing. Yeah, right. It, again, it's a political issue. Here we go. Yeah, and, and, and right. All right. Next bullet point on that. A lot of this is. Really disturbing note. Yeah. Uh, do we really only have 150 years of climate data? How is that enough to tell us centuries of change? The answer on that is the instrumental temperature data we have tells us a lot, but it's not all we have. Historical records stretch back to the 1800s and often before when people be- began to regularly measure the temperatures at weather stations on ships as they tra- traverse the world's oceans. But these, these data show a clear warming trend during the 20th century. Warming is also corroborated by independent data like satellite observations, which cover the whole planet, and other ways of measuring temperature. People say, well, couldn't the entire 20th century just be one big natural climate wiggle? To address that question, we can look at other kinds of data to give a longer perspective. (laughs) Researchers have used geological records. Again, we reference this tree rings, ice cores, corals, and sediment that preserve information about prehistoric climate to extend the climate records. The resulting picture of global temperature change is basically flat for centuries and then turned sharply upward over the last 150 years. It has been a target of climate denialists for decades. However, study after study has confirmed the results which show that the planet hasn't been this hot in at least, get ready for it, probably a thousand years. So how is this a climate wiggle? I mean, there's all Yeah, that's the point. They're saying, no, mm mm-mm. Because we have all of these other things, it's not just the last 150 years. You know, again, we have um, corals, ice cores, tree rings, sediment, all preserving prehistoric information. So, right, and and the are happening, right? Because there are things that are happening in the world today, right? Like, what did I read? Um, Thirteen in nineteen in 2019 alone. Climate change displaced 13 million people across Asia and Africa because of crops. Their mm-hmm. crops were growing. They had no food. They were they were going to be starving, so they had to move. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it's not our country. It's not in my backyard. Yeah, but it's, so it's, it's the domino effect, people. Eventually, it'll get here. Right. All right. That's Next what I'm bullet saying. point. Hmm? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, I, know. I know. I'm getting to it. Don't worry. Yeah. How do we know climate change is caused by humans? Oh, 300 years ago, a combination of reduced solar output and increased volcanic activity cooled parts of the planet enough that Londoners regularly ice skated on the Thames. Thames, however you say that. About 12,000 years ago, major changes in the Atlantic circulation plunged the northern hemisphere into a frigid state. 
And 56 million years ago, a giant burst of greenhouse gases from volcanic activity or vast deposits of methane or both abruptly warmed the planet by at least nine degrees Fahrenheit, scrambling the climate, choking the oceans, and triggering mass extinction. In trying to determine the cause of current climate changes, scientists have looked at all of these factors. The first three have varied a bit over the last few centuries, and they have quite likely had modest effects on climate, particularly before 1950. But they cannot account for the planet's rapidly rising temperature, especially in the second half of the 20th century, when solar output actually declined and volcanic eruptions exerted a cooling effect. That warming is best explained by rising greenhouse gas concentrations. And since the Industrial Revolution, humans have been adding more of them to the atmosphere, primarily by extracting and burning fossil fuels like coal, oil, and gas, which release carbon di- di- dioxide. And that, and the carbon dioxide traps the heat, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. I mean, right. that's what's actually happening when they talk about greenhouse gases mm-hmm. and the climate changing. I mean, that, that's proven. That's right. what happens. It traps the heat. I mean, right. Well, it the- says bubbles of ancient air trapped in ice. In ice show that before 1750, the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is roughly 280 parts per million. It began to rise slowly and crossed 300 parts per million at the threshold around 1900. CO2 levels then accelerated as cars and electricity became part of modern life, recently topping at 420 parts per million. The concentration of methane, the second most important greenhouse gas, has more than doubled, and we're now emitting carbon much faster faster than it was released 56 million years ago. Of course we are. We're, we're, we've advanced society. Yeah. Climate models suggest that greenhouse warming can explain virtually all of the temperature changes since 1950. And it said, another study put it this way, the odds of the current warming occurring without anthropogenic greenhouse gas emissions are less than one in 100,000. But it says greenhouse gases aren't the only climate altering compounds people put in the air. Burning fossil fuels also produces particle particulate pollution that reflects sunlight and cools the planet. Scientists estimate that this pollution has masked up to half of the greenhouse warming that we would have otherwise experienced. Of course, yeah, this is just all right off the top of my head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell I'm reading it. Um, Okay, then it says, since greenhouse gases occur naturally, how do we know they're causing the Earth's temperature to rise? Here's how it works. Planet's temperature is basically a function of the energy of the, the Earth absorbs from the sun, which heats it up, and the energy the Earth emits to space as infrared radiation, which cools it down. Because of their molecular structure, greenhouse gases temporarily absorb some of that outgoing infrared radiation and then re-emit it in all directions, sending some of the energy back to the surface and heating the planet. Scientists have understood this process since the 1850s. Over millions of years, atmospheric CO2 levels have changed depending on how much gas volcanic volcanoes belch into the air and how much got removed through geological processes. On time scales of hundreds to thousands of years, concentrations have changed as carbon cycles between ocean, soil, and air. Today, however, we are the ones causing the CO2 levels to increase at an unprecedented pace by taking ancient carbon from geological deposits of fossil fuels and putting it into the atmosphere when we burn them. Since 1750, carbon dioxide concentrations have increased by almost 50%. We also see certain telltale fingerprints of greenhouse warming. Nights are warming faster than days because greenhouse gases don't go away when the sun sets. Right. And this part of the article goes on and on with a lot of like numbers and stuff like that. So I will say the title again at the end of this episode and you can read it yourself because 
it gets technical and I don't think everyone wants to hear all of that right now because yeah. there's still many more pages to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess we get the, the gist of it, right? I mean, there's yeah. just, there, there's evidence. Yeah. There's input, mm-hmm. output, and then, yeah. you Lots know, people coming in and suddenly numbers are changing dramatically. Right. And then they say, why should we be worried that the planet has yeah. warmed two degrees since the 1800s? Weather is constantly changing, is the constantly changing set of meteorological conditions that we experience when we step outside, whereas climate is the long-term average of those conditions, usually calculated over a 30-year period. Some would say weather's your mood, climate's your personality. So while two degrees Fahrenheit doesn't represent a big change in the weather, it's a huge change in the climate. It's enough to melt ice, raise sea levels, shift rainfall patterns around the world, and to reorganize ecosystems, sending animals uh, scurrying towards cooler habitats, killing trees by the millions. It's also important to remember two degrees represents the global average. Many parts of the world have already warmed more than that. For example, land areas warm twice as much as the sea surface, and the Arctic has warmed by five degrees. That's because loss of snow and ice at high latitudes allowed the ground to absorb more energy, causing additional heating on top of the greenhouse warming. Wait, heat waves have always happened, but they have shattered records in recent years. And this was written before, so this doesn't even count what's going on today. Yeah. June of 2020, a town in Siberia registered temperatures of 100 degrees. In Australia, meteorologists have added a new color to their weather map showing the areas where temperatures exceed 125 degrees. Jeez. Rising sea levels have also increased the risk of flooding because storm surges and high tides. These are four shocks of climate change. And we are in for more in the future, up to nine degrees Fahrenheit of average global warming by the end of the century and worse is the worst case scenario. For reference, the difference in the global average temperatures between now and the peak of the last ice age when sheets covered large parts of North America and Europe is 11 degrees. Under the Paris Climate Agreement, if we try to limit the warming to between 1.5 and 2 degrees Celsius or 2.7, 3.6 Fahrenheit, it says, studies say the difference between this will likely mean the difference between coral reefs hanging on or going extinct, or between summer sea ice persisting in the Arctic or disappearing completely. It will also determine how many millions of people suffer from water scarcity, crop failures, and how many are driven from their homes by rising seas. In other words, one degree makes a world of difference. Yeah, I mean, that's what I just talked about, right? I mean, yeah. these, are not, these are not things that are not Again, will they all happen in our lifetime? Probably not. No, um, but we have children and children. grandchildren and, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's, it's going to happen. It says, is climate change a part of the planet's natural warming and cool, cooling cycles? Sure. Climate denialists often point to these natural climate changes as a way to cast doubt on the idea that humans are causing climate change today. However, that argument rests on, on a logical fallacy it's like seeing a murdered body and concluding that people have died of natural causes in the past so the murder victim must also have died of natural causes we know that the different mechanisms caused the climate to change in the past glacial cycles for example were triggered by period variations of the in the earth's orbit which take place over tens of thousands of years and change how the solar energy gets distributed around the globe and across the seasons for at least the last eight hundred thousand years atmospheric CO2 concentrations oscillated between 180 parts per million during the ice age and 280 parts per million during warmer periods as carbon moved between oceans, forests, soils, and atmosphere. These changes occurred in lockstep 
with global temperatures are a major reason the entire planet warmed and cooled during the glacial cycles, not just the frozen poles. Today, however, CO2 levels are at 420 parts per million, the highest they've been at least 3 million years. The concentration of CO2 is also increasing at about 100 times faster than it did at the end of the Ice Age. This suggests something else is going on, and we know what it is. Since the Industrial Revolution, humans have been burning fossil fuels and releasing greenhouse gases that are heating the planet now. Over the next century or two, societies and ecosystems will experience the consequences of this change. Our emissions will have even more lasting geological impacts. According to some studies, greenhouse gases may already have warmed the planet planet enough to delay the onset of the next glacial cycle for at least another 50,000 years. How do we know global warming is not because of the sun or volcanoes? We know from the 1900s until the 1950s, solar irradiance increased. Studies suggest that this had a modest effect on the early 20th century climate, explaining up to 10% of the warming that's occurred since the late 1800s. However, in the second half of the century, when most warming occurred, the solar activity actually declined. This disparity is one of the main reasons we know that the sun is not the driving force behind climate change. What about volcanoes? Volcanoes mainly act as climate coolers. They can't really explain recent warming. Scientists say that they may have also contributed slightly to, slightly to rising temperatures in the early 20th century. That's because there were several large eruptions in the late 1800s that cooled the planet, followed by a few decades with no major volcanic events when warming caught up. But during the second half of the 20th century, several big eruptions occurred as the planet was heating up fast. If anything, they temporarily masked some of the amount the human caused warming. Second way volcanoes can impact the climate is by emitting carbon dioxide. This is important on the scales of millions of years. It's what keeps the planet habitable. Even big eruptions like Krakatoa and Mount St. Helens are just a drop in the bucket. After all, they only last a few hours or days while fossil fuels burn 24-7, and studies today suggest that volcanoes account for only 1% to 2% of the total CO2. Yeah. I don't know how many volcanoes have we heard erupting. I know, but this is again, people go, oh, it's volcanoes. And they're just saying, okay, here's the, here's the data. No, 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 we don't hear. I mean, I'm sure there's many ones all over and Mount St. Helens. Yeah. was a big one. And there, I'm sure there are other big ones that happen, but um, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. I mean, of course that's, that's one of the contributors. So right. what are we going to do? Close up all, all the right. volcanoes. Right. Now and I'm going to tell you, like, I'm not going to read some of this because if people are interested, they should read the article, but it go, here's some more of the topics. How can winter in certain places be getting colder if the planet's warming? Wildflowers and bad weather have always happened. How do we know there's, it's because of climate change? So it goes into that and explains it. But this is the important part. How bad are the effects of climate change going to be? Yeah, right. Okay. Future. future. It depends right. on how, how aggressively we act. If we continue with business as usual, by the end of the century, it will be too hot to go outside during heat waves in the Middle East and South Asia. Droughts will grab, grip Central America, the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean and South, Southern Africa. Many island nations and low-lying areas from Texas to Bangladesh will be overtaken by rising seas. Conversely, climate change could bring welcome warming and extended growing seasons to the upper Midwest, Canada, the Nordic countries, and Russia. Farther north, however, the loss of snow, ice, and permafrost will upend the traditions of the indigenous people and threaten infrastructure. It's complicated, but underlying messages are simple. Unchecked climate change will likely exacerbate existing inequalities. At a national level, poorer countries will be hit hardest, even though they've historically emitted only a fraction of the greenhouse gases causing warming. 
These nations often have greater vulnerabilities like large coastal populations and people living in improvised housing that is easily damaged in storms. Mm -hmm. And they have fewer resources to adapt, which will require expensive measures like redesigning cities, engineering coastlines, and changing how they grow food. Yeah. Already between 1961 and 2000, climate change appears to have harmed the economies of the poorest countries while boosting the fortunes of the wealthiest nations that have done the most to cause a problem, making the global wealth gap 25% bigger than it would otherwise have been. Don't climate change has also significantly increased human migration, which is expected to increase significantly. So all these people who are like, oh, anti-immigration, it's not going to get better if yeah. these people can't live, if it's uninhabitable. Yeah, right. It says even within wealthy countries, the poor and marginalized will suffer the most. People with more resources have greater, greater buffers, air conditioning to keep their houses cool during dangerous heat waves, means to pay their resulting energy bill. They also have an easier time evacuating their homes and, and recovering after a disaster. Lower income people have fewer advantages. They are more likely to live in hotter neighborhoods, work outdoors, where they face the brunt of the climate change. These inequalities will play out on an individual community and regional level. I mean, and it goes, I mean, and it goes on and on right. about all of this. And basically it talks about the finances of what it will cost. It's saying like recent study says to keep the warming to two degrees will require a total investment of between 4 trillion and 60 trillion with a medium of 16. But they're saying that if we don't do it, uh, the two degrees warming will cost the world between 69 trillion by 2100 and it, the economists expect the toll to keep rising with the temperature. So again, this article, I've only, you know, given you some of it. If you're interested and you want to get more of the details and you're like, oh, I, I never thought about that, or I want to know more about this or that or the other, it New York Times, The Science of Climate Change Explained, Facts, Evidence, and Proof, Definitive Answers to the Big Questions by Julia Rosen. Think about it. I mean, there's little things, right? We talked about this. People talk about electric cars, right? The EV markets, that's going to help some, right? To, you know, help the emissions problem. Is that going to happen? No, because some of it isn't happening fast enough. And the acceptance of it and the ability of it for the average person to have is, is harder. Again, it goes to the economics of it. Um, you see it all the time, right? I was trying to say that when you're in these big cities, Chicago, New York, when there's these heat waves for years, mm -hmm. I've seen. So it's not just recent they open up the fire hydrants for these people yeah. and for communities to run through to cool off. Right. I mean, it is. And then they tell you, check on the elderly, make sure people that you know that don't have heat, right. Or don't have air. And well, it did talk, I didn't read it, but it talked about as this happens that, you know, the elderly people yeah, with health sure. issues. I mean, we, we talked about that, um, the five days and that whole thing in New Orleans. And it was like all those people who were compromised. Sure. They were the ones who suffered the most. I mean, it was different, but it's the same concept. It's like everyone's going to suffer. But yeah. people who are disenfranchised or elderly or whatever, it's like it's going to impact them so much more than the person who is sitting here right now yammering about their tax dollar. Right. It's, but it's like in the long term, air conditioning, it, it's going to impact future generations financially, physically, environmentally, and, you know, is it right to put your head in the sand because it's not directly impacting you right now? Probably not. Isn't it the, um, so it has to do with the animals, right, and the, and the cattle of the world, right? They're talking about it. I think James Cameron's wife is the one promoting the one meal a day, right, where you just eat one meal a day of 
of vegetarian try to try and get the kennel down because right. they're their emissions, right? Their their gas mm-hmm. it has carbon dioxide and they're breathing and that also adds to it. So right. when you think about it, it's not just oh I'll one cow it's it's thousands of the thousands of cattle throughout the entire globe that people are you know raising for our right. for our consumption purpose that they're raising for some of them are raising is, a, is their own source of income right I mean so that's another thing to think about but I mean there's a lot of things little things to do I, I don't know when people will start to realize how important of a thing this is especially now if you can't see it right I mean you hear about it Phoenix has had over what 12 days almost of constant yeah. over well I keep getting text messages from California because we have a place out there you know warning warning heat warning you know just what do you do people still have to go to work they have to get in their cars and some people are like, oh, it's just like when it's winter in the Midwest or winter up north. Well, mm. okay. yes, you change your lifestyle. You stay in. You don't go out when it's this way. But that's that's a very easy that's, excuse and to not have to really. That's simplifying it. It is. That's, it's like it is a bigger issue of infrastructure and changing the way we do things as a country and a world. And that costs money. And it means being willing to pay the taxes to go into the, you know, or vote in people who actually care and want to do something to help future generations because that's who's going to be impacted the most, right? You and I are not going to be impacted that much. Even our kids are probably not going to be impacted that much, but their children, their children's children, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to get better. And it's only yeah. going to get more expensive. And that's what people fail to see. It's like, oh, I don't want to spend money. And okay, well then like, let's just stick it to the next guy. Is that Well, it, it, it is a big thing because they don't, they can't see the immediate impact of how it's going to affect me. How's it going to impact me? Well, you have to think about me as a longer term of like exactly. generational. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. So that was like a lot of stuff. A lot yeah, of good. I'm sorry. It was so like rote and I was reading it, but there's no way for me to synthesize that into a way where I could just talk about it naturally because here's a newsflash, everyone. I'm actually big surprise here. Not a scientist. I do volunteer <laughs> at the library, but that's about it. Yeah. Or you're not an engineer more importantly. No, I studied sociology and psychology. So this is not a, in my wheelhouse, but I, I I would like to believe I'm intelligent enough to know. Well, first I can read, so there's that. Yeah. But also to understand that like this is real. It matters. Uh, we there's so much going on in our world right now that we need to pay attention to. And a lot of people are like, it's so negative. I don't like it. I agree. It's like every time you turn around, there's something negative. But like you, if you ignore it, it doesn't get better. It's by action that things improve. By listening, caring, voting, all of it. I don't want to turn on the news. It's all bad. Well, okay. Well, there you go. Just keep reading about all how great things are in your little world. <laughs> and that's okay. There's and I understand that. I really do. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I feel that way myself sometimes, but it, it's still important to be aware of what's going on, you know, both, as I said, initially in the beginning, this politically and, and environmentally, like on every level, we, you know, we pay enough attention that at the very least, when you go to vote, yeah, vote and- for someone who's doing something oh. good, who is trying to help people, help the nation, help the world, not someone who is trying to take away rights, deny things are happening, rewrite science or history. Right. 
Yeah. That, I mean, if you do nothing else, at least do that. And that takes a little bit of research, right? Because that's not the topic that people are really talking about. They're talking about more immediate things that are close at home, which are also just as important. So, But you can Google, like if you're going to vote for, for example, like your senators, right? You can Google like what are their stands on climate? What are their stands Mm -hmm. on, you know, um, book? Are they they banning books? How do they feel about, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, didn't How do they feel about abortion? Yeah, exactly. Like what, what, what did they vote on these things? If they're an existing and they're running for re-election, where did they, where did they stand? Like, well, you can look up how they voted on things, find out, you know, I mean, we, we say how many times a day, Google it. Yeah. Google that shit. I mean, I'm not, I mean, we've discussed social media and there's so many things about it that I don't like, but if you want to get information, it's very easy to get these days. You, You can find it. Yeah, especially on these topics, too. And even sure. if you don't have a computer, you can go to your p- public library. They have them. Oh, putting a plug in for the library. Yeah, plug in. You could plug in. Library, because they have them at mine. I think they have them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This was heavy topic, heavy. Do you have more? Stuff you want to chime in with? No, I, you, you, I mean, you covered all the stuff, right? I mean, I had some articles on, you know, just UN articles, but it's all pretty much the same thing. It's all the doomsday predictions. It's all, we got to do something. It's all like, here's, here's all the, you know, things it's going to cause. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, well, it, and I think in the last pretty- month, we have good examples of fires and heat waves. Like, right. like, I mean, yes, there's always been all of these things, but just like, you know, there's always been gun violence. You you can't deny that it's like reached a record high and it's the same with the weather. I mean, there are things that are, are getting more in your face every day and it's very hard to ignore them if you open your eyes. And it's also little weather events, right? Like I uh, specifically, we just... Um, oh, that tornado. Yeah, a tornado, right? I mean, and it's unusual in this area. And there's ones that are in North Carolina. There's some, in, you know, there's just these little tornadoes throughout the Midwest area that mm-hmm. here, usually <clears throat> when I was a kid, there were giant tornadoes that would demolish a city, but mm-hmm. that was terrible, of course. But now there's all these kind of little ones popping up in random. Well, well when I was in California <coughs> for the winter, the dust storms that we had, like, I mean, I mean, this is going to sound like wah-wah. The amount of times I had to wash my windows, it was insane. We, you would, Normally you look out and you see crystal clear mountains. You would look out and you could not see any mountains. You would never know they were there because the dust was so thick in the air from these windstorms. It was unprecedented and everyone around was like, I've never seen anything like this. And it was on a, on a weekly basis we were having these dust storms. It was yeah. insane. It's there. It's there. So we promise the next episode will be a little lighter. We'll have to find out. What yeah, well, well, we would like from you guys, because I sent a text out to a bunch of my friends and no one really responded except <laughs> for one person. Um, we did an episode that I recently re-listened to about pet stories. And it was it was I was like, oh, I forgot about this. And it was very uplifting and sweet. All these different stories about people's little quirky pets. So if you have anything like that, we would love for you to share that. Uh and we also may do one of would you ever, or <laughs> yeah, because we would you, did. Would you rather? Would you rather? That was it. Because I listened to that one too, and I was like, oh god, I forgot about this. Because you know, I think we've had fifty nine episodes. It was a, it was a while ago. Yeah. So yeah. anything that you guys want us to talk about, and maybe something more uplifting. Um, you okay. had me at martini at gmail You can text us because most of you know us. Or you can uh, DM us on our Instagram. 
Or you can just say, you want to come on and talk with us. Oh, yeah, we would love that. We always love a good guest speaker. Yeah, we haven't had a guest in a while. So there you go. So So do your civic duty, vote, pay attention. And, um, you know, you know, I don't know, don't eat meat one day a week, right? (laughs) That'll that actually makes a difference. One meal a day, one meal a day. That's how they say Oh, one meal. I thought it was no meat. No, one meal a day. Don't eat. No, no, no. Every one meal a day. Don't eat meat. Oh God. That's easy. I know it is for one meal a day. Like if someone eat meat three meals a day. Well, some people have bacon at breakfast. And they might have like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a deli sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. That's not me. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. Adios.